sleep apnea. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we'll be talking about obstructive sleep apnea on Access Health Radio. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex. We come to you each week at this same time with some hot topic. Many times it is a topic that one of our listeners has suggested. We'll tell you how you can do that in just a moment. But first, we'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. We'd like to thank We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring our show. Uh, you can find them at wecarepharmacyapex.com. Uh, they are located right there on West William Street in Apex, and uh, they have terrific customer service. Uh, we actually initially found out about them from some patients who told us, hey, this is the greatest pharmacy in town. Uh, you need to check them out. So I went and met their lead pharmacist there, but they do a great job. Uh, we'd also like to thank Wake Family Eye Care and Dr. Badwan, who sponsors our show, and Marley Drug in Winston-Salem. Uh, you can check them out at marleydrug.com, and uh, they will ship medicine to you with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than even the big box pharmacies. Very good, Dr. Forrest. Uh, you know, if if folks have a question they want to get in touch with you, or maybe they have a topic for a show that they would like to propose to you, how could they get in touch with you? Well, you know, if they miss part of the show or they have a family member that they want to be able to hear uh, the content, uh, after the show, they can always go and listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com. We also upload about an hour after the live broadcast uh, to uh, Apple Podcast after the show, uh, so that's available. If they want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can give us a call at 919-363-0190. Um, again, that's 919-363-0190, and our website is ACC, just like the Atlantic Coast Conference, but it's ACC Health. Dot com, And if they have a question they want us to answer on one of our mailbag shows, uh, feel free to send that to accesshealthradio at gmail.com. So, Dr. Forrest, uh, most everybody has heard of sleep apnea, or they might even know someone that suffers from it. Uh, but I think there's a lot that's shrouded in mystery about sleep apnea. There certainly is for me. So I'm looking forward to today's show. Uh, could you sort of start off by explaining what sleep apnea is and how do we go about treating it today? Well, uh, sleep apnea is a common problem. Uh, it affects about 22 million Americans. Um, and we're going to spend some time today going over diagnosis and treatment. Uh, we're also going to go over some details about some of the newer treatments, some of which you, you know, may have seen advertised on TV, like the Inspire device. Uh, we're also going to go over some of the cost comparisons for different types of sleep studies. And we'll also go over why it's so important to get this diagnosed early. So let's start off with setting the stage uh, with some definitions. What exactly is sleep apnea? Well, sleep apnea, or sometimes called obstructive sleep apnea, is a medical condition where while you're asleep, you either have pauses in your breathing or you have breaths that are simply too shallow, 
multiple times during the night. And, you know, in some patients, those pauses happen hundreds of times. Hmm. And the length of the pauses, it can be just a few seconds, but it can also be minutes. And imagine minutes where you're not breathing. That can lead to really poor sleep quality. And it also makes people feel sleepy the next day. And the, the weird part about it is, if you ask somebody with sleep apnea, how did you sleep last night? They'll say, oh, I slept fine. I slept like a log for 10 hours, you know. Um, but people who have sleep apnea often have no idea that this is happening because they're unconscious. And when they have these little pauses in their breathing, it doesn't completely wake them up. So they're still out. Um, however, that drop in oxygen level and that poor gas exchange in your lungs can be really dangerous. And we'll talk about some more of the problems that can lead to later in the show. Yeah, I can only imagine. Well, now that we've set the stage, it's time for the Access Health Tip of the Week. You know, a lot of people think that snoring is the same thing as sleep apnea, and it's really not. Snoring by itself is not harmful. Um, but people that do snore, they are more likely to have sleep apnea. And while sleep apnea is more common in people who snore, there are people that do not snore at all, and they also have sleep apnea. So there's sort of an association between the two. Some people have who have sleep apnea also snore. Some people who snore have sleep apnea. Uh, but you can snore and not have the condition, and you can also have the condition and not snore. So they are related, but they're not the same thing. And, um, you know, if someone tells you, though, that you snore loudly or seem to stop breathing while you sleep, and if you also are sleepy during the daytime, even after you've been asleep at night, for at least six hours, then you should talk with your healthcare provider about getting a sleep study. All right. Thanks for that advice, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, we're going to talk about the different types of sleep studies that are used in determining sleep apnea and the serious dangers of sleep apnea when not treated here on Access Health Radio. Sleep apnea, that is our topic today here on Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest from Access Healthcare in Apex. And uh, Dr. Forrest, you mentioned there are different types of sleep studies that can be conducted to help people determine if indeed they are suffering from sleep apnea. What are the differences in these types of studies? And of course, everybody's next question, how much do they cost? Well, Mike, generally there are two types of sleep studies. The first type is where you actually spend the night in a sleep lab. And when you go to those, you're hooked up to several machines and those measure your breathing. They check your oxygen, your brain activity, and they even uh, watch you move. They actually videotape your movements in the bed. And those sleep studies cost thousands of dollars, um, but they usually are covered by insurance. The other type, which we actually usually find the most useful for most of our patients, is called a home sleep study. And when if the main thing that you're testing for is just sleep apnea, the home sleep studies work really well. They're much less expensive, and they allow you to sleep in your own bed, which I think honestly gives you a more uh, sort of relevant experience. Um, and the home sleep studies are usually just a couple of hundred dollars, uh, so they're about 90% cheaper. Um, and you just take a little small machine home with you. Uh, you hook up two straps before you go to bed. It's very easy to hook up yourself. Um, and usually we get the results back really quickly with those. 
Now, uh, speaking of machines, uh, there have been some ads recently on TV about a device called the Inspire, uh, where you push a button to treat your sleep apnea. What are your thoughts on that? Does it actually work? Well, that's a great question, Mike. Uh, you know, many people, uh, including my kids, have seen that, those ads on TV, and they've, uh, they show a person, they mash a little green button, and then they go to sleep, and that's supposed to keep them from having sleep apnea. So uh, what it is, it's a device where they actually surgically implant a system, and that system, when it's on, will send electrical impulses to stimulate what we call the hypoglossal nerve. And the hypoglossal nerve uh, controls the tongue. It also controls some of the upper airway muscles, and it helps to keep those open. And, um, you know, I think it doesn't work for everyone. It's not the standard of care for sleep apnea like a CPAP, which we'll talk some about, but it may work for some patients with less severe apnea. Okay, so you uh, you led right into my next question, which is the CPAP machine. And most people have heard of that; they're familiar with it. But how does a CPAP work, and what does CPAP actually stand for? Well, CPAP actually stands for continuous positive airway pressure, and the way it works is it delivers a constant amount of flow airflow via a mask. Now that mask. Um, sometimes goes over the nose and the mouth, and sometimes we can just put a mask on the nose. Um, and what it does is that airway pressure helps keep your airway open in the mouth. Uh, so it's basically giving you that air pressure. It opens up those airways, and that makes it less likely for you to obstruct. And, you know, years ago, those devices were fairly large. They were also very loud. Uh, however, now they're really portable. So uh, you know, you can fit one into a small backpack. Uh, you can travel around with it without any difficulty. Uh, they've also gotten a lot quieter over the years. Um, you know, now they sort of sound like a, a small portable humidifier or something like that. Um, and they work really well as long as the mask is properly fitted. And that's one of the key things is that people make sure they get a mask that fits them really good and doesn't work. Um, and then really, they, they almost are curative for the sleep apnea. They really work very well. I bet those new machines are quieter than the air conditioner in my room. I can just guarantee that they just, yeah, just think, roars. They yeah, they are, they're quieter than those window air conditioners. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a window unit upstairs, and uh, it, is, uh, it is not quiet. Of course, that helps me sleep. It keeps my wife awake, but that's another story. So, Dr. Forrest, let's talk about some of the problems associated with sleep apnea. Now, you hinted at that earlier, but this sounds like there could be some really serious effects by the sleep apnea. Yes, Mike, it, it can lead to some really severe and deadly problems. I think sometimes people, you know, they'll joke around about sleep apnea and, you know, somebody snoring, they sort of make light of the problem, but this is, don't get it wrong. This is a deadly condition. Um, and first, uh, the decrease in oxygen every night. So imagine every night while you sleep, um, it's like somebody holding a pillow over your face and not letting you get enough oxygen. And that can cause some cardiovascular problems such as high blood pressure. Um, it can cause strokes, uh, even a condition called core pulmonale, which, which is related to the circulation of blood between the heart and lungs. And when there's not enough oxygen, your heart can actually build up too much pressure in it because of that and lead to a type of heart failure, 
Uh, it can also stretch out part of your heart called the atrium. And that leads to another condition we talked about before on the show, atrial fibrillation. Um, so really, honestly, treating sleep apnea is one way to prevent atrial fibrillation and potentially a way to cure some people with high blood pressure. Um, and then there's other problems. You know, it can cause some cognitive impairment. So people who have sleep apnea, it's basically the same as not getting good sleep. And they can have memory problems. They can have daytime sleepiness, which is one of the most common complaints. And also an increased risk of accidents, uh, both in the workplace and on the road. Um, and some people have estimated that the number of fatal car accidents caused by people falling asleep at the wheel, uh, you know, is at least as much as people who are driving while impaired. Um, so, you know, if you're somebody that you get on a long car trip and you find it's hard to keep your eyes open and you thought you had a good night's sleep, it may be that you have sleep apnea. You know, if you're someone who feels like you had a good night's sleep, you get up the next day and, you know, anytime before about uh, one or two o'clock in the afternoon, if you feel like you can sit in a comfy chair and easily doze off, it's probably a sign you've got sleep apnea. So you definitely need to uh, keep it on your radar. Well, it sounds like a, a coworker of my wife's. She, uh, she tells me sometimes he'll, uh, especially right after lunch, man, he is, uh, he is often taking a nap. I don't know if that is a result of sleep apnea or not, but it sounds like this is the sort of thing that could really, it all, it's almost like a domino effect. Having all of these other problems can be solved if you address the sleep apnea, huh? That's, that's exactly right. And a lot of times people don't realize that, you know, many of the problems they may be having or medical conditions actually could be coming from this. And, um, you know, it, it really can have some significant impact also on quality of life. You know, when your cholesterol is high, you don't feel bad. When your blood pressure is high, you don't feel bad. But if you've got sleep apnea, uh, you know, every afternoon, it's hard for you to get anything done. You're really tired and sleepy. And it's, and it's like you didn't sleep at all the night before, even though you thought you did. Mm, mm, okay, good points. Dr. Farr, straight ahead, we'd like to discuss these key points again, some take-homes, if you will, about obstructive sleep apnea. Our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week is coming up as well here on Access Health Radio. We're talking sleep apnea today on Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician Dr. Brian Forrest from Access Healthcare in Apex. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us. We've gotten some great information from Dr. Forrest today about sleep apnea. How about a little more? It's time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. Well, the trivia this week is uh, somewhat disturbing. Um, you know, of the people who have sleep apnea, 80% of those people with moderate to severe disease, not even mild sleep apnea, 80% of people with moderate to severe sleep apnea have not had their condition diagnosed. And that means a lot of people in the United States, maybe 80 million people or so, are walking around with sleep apnea and have no idea they have it. Wow. Well, hopefully a few of those folks have been listening today and uh, maybe they're going to get tested. I would hope so. And uh, get onto a more healthy lifestyle. What are some keys, Dr. Forrest, to remember today about sleep apnea? Well, first of all, sleep apnea is very, very common. Um, it is uh, also very commonly not diagnosed. 
Um, you know, many people die or have strokes or heart failure um, or atrial fibrillation, which we talked about earlier. And the reason they get those conditions is because they have sleep apnea and have not had it treated. So, um, you know, if you or someone you know uh, feels sleepy during the day, um, even after they thought they slept the full night, um, they really do need to see about getting tested. Now, it doesn't mean everybody who snores has sleep apnea. We talked about this earlier. But if you have a spouse that snores very loudly and you witness episodes where it seems like the snoring actually pauses and it sounds almost like they're choking, um, that could be sleep apnea. And so if they're having that, if they're having that daytime sleepiness, uh, it's really important that they get tested. And I know that uh, people are reluctant to do these sleep studies, Mike. I've, I, I frequently will recommend these to patients and I'll tell them everything we've discussed today. And they'll say, well, you know, I, I feel like I sleep pretty good. And, you know, I don't think I snore that much. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to pass on getting the sleep study done. So uh, I would tell people my one of my biggest pieces of advice is if your healthcare provider says they think you need a sleep study, absolutely go get it. It can be life changing. It could prevent a stroke or a heart attack. And it could actually end up keeping you out of a nursing home one day. So get tested if you need to get tested. Yes. Second. Yeah. Second, the treatment options that are available for CPAP vary. Um, but portable CPAP machines, uh, that you just wear a little mask at night are the main sort of gold standard treatment. And they work very, very well for most people. As long as you make sure you get a, a, your mask fitted properly, uh, other therapies involving things like dental appliances, uh, tongue and oral procedures, uh, and even the Inspire device can work for some people. Um, and then we didn't talk about things you can do yourself, uh, which is weight loss. Um, you know, weight loss will help sleep apnea. In some cases, it may totally cure it. And in almost all cases, it will improve sleep apnea. And then you also want to avoid at bedtime things that suppress your central nervous system. So things that make you groggy make it more likely for you to have sleep apnea. So things like alcohol, uh, Benadryl, anything sedating at bedtime, and sometimes people take things sedating at bedtime to help them sleep, those things also make them more likely to have sleep apnea. And then last of all, just don't put off getting this treated. If uh, if you do think you have it, or if your doctor's recommended a sleep study, or if you had a sleep study and it said you have sleep apnea, sometimes people are reluctant to go get a CPAP device or follow up on that. And they say, you know, I just want to lose some weight and see how that'll do with sleep apnea. And we're all for, you know, doing everything with lifestyle you can, but please get it treated and don't procrastinate with sleep apnea because it can prevent strokes, heart disease, and really uh, improve your quality of life immensely. Thank you so much, Dr. Forrest. That's all the time we have for this week. And our scripture this week is from Psalms 4.8. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Thanks for listening to the Access Help Radio Show this week, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.